Malachi chapter number 1, and uh, we'll read verses. I'm going to read a lot this morning, so you stay with me. If you can't stand that long, go ahead and sit down. If you don't like a lot of Bible reading, some of you are probably behind on your Bible reading anyway, and this way you can just get caught up this morning. Amen? Verse number 1, is it the burden of the word uh, of the Lord, word of the Lord to the Israel of Malachi? I have loved you, said the Lord. Yet you say, wherein thou hast loved us, was not Esau Jacob's brother, and said that, Lord, yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau. And he said, his mountains and his heritage wasted for the dragons in the wilderness. Whereas Edom said, we are impoverished, but we will, will return and build the desolate places. Thus said the Lord of hosts, thou shalt build, but I will throw down. Thou shalt call them the borders of the wickedness, and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever and your eyes shall see and you shall say the Lord will magnify from the borders of Israel drop down to verse number uh, uh, 13 you said also behold what a wearisome it is and you have snuffed at it said the Lord of hosts you had brought forth that which was torn and the lame and the sick Thus you brought forth an offering, should I accept this as your hand of your hand, said the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver which hath in his flock a male, and voweth and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupt thing, for I am a great king, said the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathens. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, to help us uh, uh, open our hearts and minds, Lord. Let us search ourselves and see where we stand. And what do we present to you each day, Lord? Lord, we, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for your mercy and grace. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for how you sent your son for salvation for the uh, sins of this world, Father. Empty me of self and fill me with uh, uh, your words, Lord. And we just praise you in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be studied. And if you study the, uh, uh, the book of Malachi, the four chapters of uh, the last book of the Old Testament, uh, the book of Malachi, you'll find that these four chapters is one long-running rebuke uh, uh, from the God's people to His people. God is speaking through the prophet Malachi of the sins and backsliding of evil of His people. Now, I know a lot of people don't like that word, backsliding, but in the, God put it in His word, and that means something. In chapters 1 and 2, if you study chapters 1 and 2, he deals with the people and their sins. Also, he deals with the priest and their corruption and their sins. In chapter number 3, uh, he begins by saying, prepare the, and get ready uh, because the messenger is coming. And speaking of one day of John the Baptist and then later on Jesus Christ, he's not only dealing with the people and the priests, he's giving them a chance to make preparation the chance to get things right and I believe God is is trying to give his people today a chance to get things right before it's all said and done and then in chapter number four if you study chapter number four he simply makes this pronouncement you realize the last word in the last book in the old testament it is a curse the old testament does not end in the blessing it ends in a curse that what the law could not make the people righteous uh, before God, it couldn't save them, it, it couldn't redeem them. But thank God Matthew chapter 1 comes along 
And there comes Jesus Christ, which redeems us from our sins and redeems us from what the curse could not do. But that's not what I want to talk about this morning. I'm dealing with verses uh, 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 13 and 14 and 7 and 8 this morning. Uh, it said in number 7, Ye have polluted bread upon my altar, and you said, Wherein have we polluted thee? And that ye say, say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And you offered up blind for sacrifices and not evil. You offer up the lame and sick, it is not evil. You offered it now unto thy governor, and will he be pleased with that? Or accept thy person and Lord of hosts? And, and now I pray ye beseech God that you will gracious unto us. This have been a by means, will he regard your person, said the Lord of hosts. I'm interested in this indictment God levels against his people. God was angry with them for this fact. When it comes to giving sacrifice, when it comes to giving offerings before Lord, they, they would bring not the best they had. They wouldn't bring the, 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 the uh, uh, ones without spots, one without blemish. Uh, they wouldn't bring them. What they would do, they would keep the, the ones that were best. They'd keep the ones that were whole. They'd keep the ones that were good. And they'd keep them themselves. And they would look through the flocks and find the ones that were lame, uh, the ones that were torn up by animals. And they bring that and they laid that at the altar and give it to God. God said, here, here it is, God. I'm giving you this. God was upset with that. Can I say this morning to you and I, and I'm talking to myself too, and we've been bringing the wrong things to the altar to God. We've been sacrificing the wrong thing to God this morning. We're doing exactly what the people in Malachi were doing. We're giving God second best and not the best. Preaching on this morning, giving God your second best this morning. You need to search yourself out this morning and see what you're doing. When they come before the worship to, before the Lord, knowing good and well they had a sheep, a ram, a turtle dove, or an oxen, knowing good and well they had one that was whole, good and well that was one that was worthy to be sacrificed unto God, one without blemish, one that was not messed up instead of taking that one. They would look for one that was messed up. One was lame. The Bible said even the blind they brought before them. They're giving God the second best. God had one. We want to keep the good stuff for ourselves. They were telling God. We want to keep the best for ourselves, God. Uh, we, we're going to give you this. We want to keep the best for ourselves. And there's no reason, no reason for them to have this attitude towards God. The Bible says in text, in the verse text we read, why would you give second best? Because he had loved them this morning. In spite of the fact he loved them, they still gave him second best. In spite of the fact that God loves us, we bring our second best this morning. He reminds them, I have loved you. What a thought. The God of heaven. The God 
who created everything loved us this morning. And we simply bring the second best. We don't bring the best that we have to offer. We bring him second best. I give him a little bit of my time. I give him a little bit of my tide. We're not bringing our, our best to God. And God levels that indictment against the people of Malachi and said, hey, you're bringing your second best. You're bringing the blind, the lame, the torn up, and you're offering them up to me. I have loved you. Can I say this morning, there's no reason for a child of God to give him second best. Because he loves us this morning. God has been good to us. You may be like some people of Israel to say, wherein hast thou loved us? They have forgotten about what God has done for them. They've forgotten that God uh, had brought them, but God had reminded them, uh, lest I forget uh, what God has done for you and I. You don't have to look far. Look at the cross. What has God done for you? Why, why should I give God the best? Uh, but you don't have to look far. Just look into the cross. God has given His best for you and I this morning. His best. And there's no reason for us to give God second best this morning. Not only did He love them, He also gave them leadership in verse number 5 and your eyes shall see and you shall say, the Lord will magnify from the borders of Israel. He reminds them, I have, I have led you out of the house of servitude. I, I brought you out of the land of, uh, uh, that had borders. I, I brought you into a place that is yours. I, I give you your own place. I have guided you. I have led you. This morning, child of God, not only God has loved us, but God has led us. God is guiding us. I would not be here this morning if it hadn't been for God leading me and guiding me through my life. I would have not been here this morning. If it had not been for the leadership of God in my life, I would not be even standing here this morning. But yet we offer up second best to God. And God leads us, the song says, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace have brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. God has been a good leader this morning. The song says, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow, follow. He's the greatest leader that has ever been. In spite of the leadership, in spite of the love, in spite of the, the lordship, they gave him second best. Look at his lordship in verse number 6. He calls himself father. He calls himself master. He calls himself lord of hosts. He is the father. He is the master. He is the lord. There's no reason to give somebody that second best. He is the father. That means he is the one that gave life to everything. He gave life to you and I this morning. And they honor him by bringing second best. He is the life giver. Should we give him second best this morning because he gave us life? Honor for them. He was the master. That means he brought and paid for them. He owned them. He paid for you and I this morning. 
He bought you with a price. With the shedding of his blood, he has bought you this morning. Then he should be Lord of our lives. If being father is not good enough, if being master is not good enough, then certainly being Lord should be enough. Certainly because he is God this morning should be enough. He's still sitting on a throne this morning. He should get the best that we have to offer this morning. But in spite of his love, in spite of his leadership, in spite of his lordship, they gave second best. They said, God, we don't want you to have the best we have. We want the best. I, I want to keep the best for myself, Lord. I, I'm, I'm going to look through my herd and, and those that I would not take myself. I'll give them to you. He deserves our best this morning. If I got what I deserve this morning, hell would be my home. If you got what you deserve this morning, hell would be your home. But thank God I'm not going to hell. He deserves the best that you and I could ever give. He is Lord. He is Master. He is, he is the King. But I believe we give second best. I, I believe we're like the people of Malachi. We look and say, Lord, this is what I'll give you. This is what I want to keep for myself. This is... Is what I'm looking for. So preaching on this morning, giving God your second best this morning. And I want you to ask yourself, are you giving God second best this morning? There's some areas that they gave God in their second best. And I want you to go with me through these areas. And you examine yourself and see if this is what you're doing. They gave God second best in their examinations. In verse 7, God said they offered up polluted bread. Bread that's molded, bread that is stale. And God said in verse 8 through 13, they brought sacrifices that were lame, that was torn up, that were sick, that was blind. You realize this morning all they were doing was bringing about their examination. They went out to examine the flock. And this is what they brought. And don't miss this. All of what they were bringing was simply a manifestation of a heart problem. A heart problem. In chapter 2, if you read chapter, God highlights the, the real problem is, and they, they, they did not examine their own hearts. It wasn't the fact that they were not examining the sacrifice. It wasn't the fact that they were looking the sacrifice over. They wasn't looking at their sales. They were looking at the hearts. And God is asking us this morning, what's your sacrifice? Says your second best, then you need to get your heart checked up. You need to examine your heart to see why you're bringing second best to God. It was fact that they were not examining the motive of the heart, the reason why they brought second best. You can find examples throughout the Bible that if someone said, God, this is all I have. 
this is the best I've got. It, it may be broken. It may be lame. It may be blind. It may be haltered. God was said, fine. I'll take it. It's no problem. Their heart was right with God. Everything they had with side was right with God. They gave God all they had. And look at chapter 22, verse number 2. If ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to heart, to the glory of them by name, said the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessing. Yea, I have cursed them already because ye do not lay it to heart. In fact, because their heart was bad, it manifested in what God they gave to God. When they brought these messed up things, it, 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 this mess, they, they didn't, don't miss this. All it was, it was an outward indication of an inward condition. Can I tell you that some Christians and their outward indication of the things they do on the outside, on the outside, all it is is uh, uh, something that's wrong because of an inward condition in their life, the way they manifest, what they do, where they go, what they say, how they drink, how they do these things. It's just an outward manifestation of something that's wrong on the inside. Your heart is not where it should be. Lord say, lay it to the heart. This is how you and I would say it. Don't take it to heart. When you hear preaching, when you hear somebody read the Word of God, when you hear singing, they would gather and the people of God, they, they look at the hearts. Sometimes they just don't let the Word of God pierce their hearts. I like people today, they come, they listen, and none of it gets to the heart. There are people sitting here this morning preaching, and Bible's been read, and they've been blessed this morning by the singing, but you're not really taking it to heart this morning. Not taking the singing to the heart, not taking the reading of the scriptures to the heart, not taking the preaching to the heart. You're really there. That's the problem. We have an inward problem with our heart. And God is saying, You need to examine your heart. It's not that you're examining what you bring to me, it's you're examining the inside of your heart. And when you get that right, the outside will show what is right. The Bible says, Examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. That is part of worshiping. Allowing God to do an examination on our hearts. <laughs> the church is a spiritual hospital. You get sick this morning. Your heart is sick. You're in a condition. Let me tell you what. You get wounded. You get hurt out there. The church is an spiritual examination. God is allowed to get in your heart. You got to say, Lord, here I am. I'm broken. I'm hurt. I don't know what to do. My heart's not where it should be. I know I've stepped back. I know I'm giving you second best. But Lord, I'm here this morning. I want you to examine my heart to get me back where I I need to be back and give you the best that I have to offer. Examine your heart, God is telling them. Problem is, 
Most of us don't want to see what God has to show us. They don't want God looking into the heart. They don't want God looking in those secret places of the heart and shine a light on us and say, here's your problem. That's the reason why you're doing this. That's the way you reason why you're acting this way. That's the reason why you're saying these things. There's something in your heart that needs to come out and I'm trying to pull it out of you, but you want to hold on to it. It's a heart condition. The Bible says the word is a lamp. The word is a light. The word is a hammer. The word is fire. You know what those things do? The light, the hammer, the fire, they illuminate, they examine deeply into something. And God is wanting to bring it into your heart to examine you this morning. He wants to get in your house. He wants to get behind the walls and see what it is. And you know, we can, we can look at these walls here and we don't know exactly what behind the walls are. But when you start tearing them down, you take a hammer and you bust on your walls at your home. You start tearing down. Then you can see what's on the inside, on the other side of those walls. God is trying to do the same thing to you and I this morning. God is trying to take that hammer and bust you in your heart to see what's on the inside of your heart this morning. Amen. Don't get mad at me. If you do, I don't care. Amen. I'm just telling you. I, God preached this to me because I've been the exact same way. He told me, hey, you've been bringing shoddy stuff. You've been bringing lazy stuff. You ain't been doing this. And I, Lord, I, I've been doing this. And no, your heart ain't where it should be. I got to examine. Can I say this? I got a heart transplant. <laughs> he got to hold it and got to hold it real good. They need an examination. And every once in a while, we need to break out that hammer ourselves and do our own examination. And we need to start beating on our heart, knocking down those holes and the places. Let the Holy Ghost peek, speak in, speak, uh, uh, peek inside there and see what's wrong with you and give it an examination. You ever, tell, you ever tell your kid, go clean your room? I had two, day and night. Should have called them day and night because that was what they were, day and night. I could tell my oldest, going to go clean your room, and he'd go in there and clean it. He would wash down things. He would wipe things down. He'd furniture polish. Everything's put away. I tell my youngest, when going there and clean the room. Put it up on there. You go in there, and you ain't been in this room a while. You go in there and smell all kinds of stuff in there. He loved to eat and hide it. He was just that man. You, you can tell that. God, God let me tell you what. And, and you said, you better clean your room. Knowing they're not going to clean it. God's telling us the same thing. Clean your room. Because if you don't, I will. I used to tell mine, if you don't clean your room, I'm taking everything out of there. And it's going to the trash can. Chris didn't care. He did not care. Well, I said, 
I took everything one time. Everything. Had his computers and had all that stuff. I took it all out of it. He didn't care. I took the door off the hinges and set it to the side. He didn't care. Got to get your house clean. Got to get your house clean. When we're like a kid, uh, hey, uh, uh, we don't want to clean everything. We just try to hide stuff away. Uh, we just tuck it away and say, Lord, I've cleaned my house. Uh, but God is saying, uh, I've seen the places you put. Uh, I've seen what you put there. I've seen what you've done. Uh, you need to get it cleaned out completely. Amen. They gave God second best in their examination. Are you giving God second best in your examination this morning? They gave God second best in their elements. He said, you brought polluted bread, you're lame, you're torn up, the sick, the blind. Isn't it interesting in verse 8, he said, offer it up now to thy governor. Will he be pleased with it or accept thy person? He said, you even offered this up to the governor, your boss. They don't want that. They don't want that. Would you give it to them? No. But you bring it to me. You bring it to me. He says, I am God. Isn't it sad that so many people will give their boss, give their family, give their school, give their friends the top the best that they have and bring God second best. Can I tell you this this morning? I don't want to shock you, but if you don't know, it's going to shock you. Everything that you got, God gave to you. Amen. If you're saying, well, I worked for it, I earned it, then you, <laughs> hold on. God might show you it ain't yours. It belongs to him. He owns everything in any way. Why should we give everybody else best and bring God who gave you your job, bring God who gave you your life, bring Him second best in all that we do? We do that. I'm saying when I say we, I mean me too. I, I've done that. Lord, I, I'll give, but I hold back. I hold back. God had to search me out and say, Lord, you're not doing what you say you do. We give God second best. Listen, let me say this this morning. Mothers and fathers here. Grandmothers and grandfathers here. The best thing that you can give God, the best thing that you can give God is your children. You can introduce them into God and let God start working with them and let God start dealing with them and let, get, let God get a hold of them and they start serving God. The best thing that you had to offer this morning is your children or grandchildren this morning. That is your best. And if you haven't offered them up to God this morning, let me just say this. You need to get down and offer yourself up first and then offer up God your children this morning. Hannah prayed for a child. God gave her a child. And Hannah went back and said, Lord, I give you back what you gave me. Amen. Oh, we, we teach kids, hey, 
You need to strive in school. You, you need to strive. You need to be popular with your friends. You need to be good in sports. We teach our kids all those things and we're not telling them what God can do for them. We say there's a high price to pay for a big fancy house. We teach them there's a high price to pay for a well good job. We don't teach them there's a high price to pay to serve God, love God. Give to God. I read a story. This lady in China, that's going to make y'all mad. This lady in China had a son, and he was a rowdy thing. And she started praying, Lord, I'm going to give you my son. I want you to use my son. He was a young thing. She took him to church. She's Christian in China. Christian in China. That's a place the Bible's not even allowed to be there. And there's Christians in China. She, she prayed for her son. As he got older, he got introduced to God and God started dealing with him. He got 18 years old and his mother said, I, I, I give you, Lord, my son. I'll I let you take him. And God called this boy. God started dealing with this boy and God called him into the missionary field. A missionary from China. And here we are in America. We can't send nobody next door. They may I ain't going next door telling nobody about Jesus. China, a lockdown place, is getting missionaries and sending to him. He went to Pakistan. Him and this other girl, saved, serving God, both went to missionary field in Pakistan, a Muslim country. Christians ain't supposed to be there. Muslims found out about this and they were out there preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and captured them and killed them. Took the mother five months to get her son's body back. At the funeral, she stood up and read the eulogy of her son. She said, I thank all of y'all for your blessings and your prayers. He said his son, his long lean hung, said he was a mischievous boy when he was young, but I didn't want to discipline him. So I did the only thing I know to do. I said, Lord, he is you. I prayed to God to get a hold of him. God got a hold of him, and God used him in a mighty way. And here he's going to a missionary in Pakistan, uh, giving the word of God to those who need the word of God. He went over there, and he got killed. Uh, he says, I'm sad, but I'm also happy. I'm like, this woman saying this, says, I'm sad. I'm sad because I've lost my son, but I'm happy. And this is what she said. I'm happy that... You've used him to plant seeds of revival, not only in China, but throughout this world. And these are people from China. 
Locked down, no Bibles allowed there. Christian people serving God in China, going to Pakistan, Muslim country, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we won't go next door. That ought to make you ashamed, don't it? It did me. I start witnessing everybody I come in contact. Where do you go to church at? Amen. Inviting people to church. It made me ashamed. We need our elements that we bring to God was second best. Second best. God said you need to examine yourself. Second best. What you present, second best. Like I said, mom and daddy, best thing you could ever give God. The best you got to give God is your children. And have God to use them. Pray to God to use them. They gave second best in their examination. They gave God second best in their elements. They gave, this one, this one got me. And I pray you don't fall in this category because it hurts. They gave God second best in their effort. In their effort. Amen. Oh, do we do we give God our best in our effort? Well, I I'll, I'll think so. Let me tell you what, they gave God second best in their effort. Don't miss this. Talking about serving the Lord. Talking about living for God. Talking about offering to the Lord. They said, "Yea, also behold." These are Christian people saying this today. Yea, also. Behold, what a worrisome it is. What a worrisome it is. It wears us out serving you, God. Serving you, sacrificing to you, worshiping you. It just wears us out. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So that we don't have to bother worshiping you. So we don't have to bother sacrifice. We're, we're just going to give you a minimal effort. <laughs> I see so many Christian people doing that today. The minimal effort of all things God. Because it just wears us out to serve you. Just wears us out. Preacher, this going to church on Sunday, Sunday night and Wednesday night. Going to revivals every night. Well, it just wears me out. It's not worth it anymore, preacher. He is worth the greatest effort that you and I could ever give. The Bible said, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. The Bible said, whether that ye go eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. He deserves our best this morning. Paul said, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto the men. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It is not wearisome in serving God. I may get weary in the way but I'm never worried because I'm in the way. 
I want to make sure I get to heaven. God knows that, that I gave full effort. I want to make sure that I, when I preach, I'm not holding something back. I'm giving all that I have. I'm not holding back reserve. I'm not holding back my emotions. Uh, I want to give it all to God this morning because He deserves everything this morning. When you sing, make sure you sing with every effort that you got. When you teach, teach with every effort that you got. When you testify, testify with all the effort you have in your mind. Because he paid a debt that he didn't owe. He deserves full effort this morning. I wonder if you gave the same. I wonder if you gave the same kind of effort in church as you do in your job. Come on, I'm just saying. I wonder if you give the same kind of effort in your job that you do in church. (laughs) I wonder what kind of church we would have. If everybody was giving the same effort. I wonder what kind of church we would have if everybody gave full effort in everything we do. What kind of church would we have? God said your effort's not good. Yeah, I know it's hard to come to church on Sunday nights. I know it's hard to get to Sunday school on time. I know it's hard to get come to church on Wednesday night. You worked all day, tired. I know. But can I tell you this? In the long run, your effort's going to be worth it. Let me ask you this. If your effort's not where it should be, reverse it. Is God going to give the same effort that you give when it comes time for you? Amen. Well, I, I see some of us standing, standing at the throne now. Well, Lord, I, I did my best. <laughs> you know, but you know, sometimes uh, those football games come on. And I got to get there early. Sometimes I, 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 you know, family, family got things going on Sunday. I, I just got to be there. I, I did my best, God. God's going to say, well, I'm going to do my best for you. Depart from me. Depart from me. Uh, that worries me. That, that worries me. If you don't believe that sound's going to come in some voice, in some paper's head, that ought to worry you tonight. Let me tell you what, that ought to worry you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never, I did this. And didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we heal? Say, yeah, but your heart was far from it. You can go through the motions. Your heart ain't right. It ain't going to happen. I believe our hearts have not been right. I need, we, we need to examine our hearts this morning. You say, preacher, I, if I give my full effort, give God my best, I might fail. You're right. You just might fail.
Can I tell y'all something? I've failed many times. I've given up on God many times. I said, Lord, I ain't preaching no more. I got one home one day and locked myself in a bedroom, got in a corner crying, I can't do this no more. But there was a fire burning down in my bones. <laughs> I couldn't shut it up. I couldn't stay it up. It had to come out. But you might fail. Can I tell you this? Get back up. Get back up. Too many Christians fail on God and they walk away. I did my best and it didn't work out. I'm just leaving. I've seen that all. We've seen that. We've seen it. I did my best and I failed. And they walk away and give up on God. Around 2 a.m., September 8th, 1860. Anybody remember that? Was anybody there at that time? The steamship, Lady Elgin, was taking people back and forth from Chicago, across Lake Erie and there, up in Michigan there, and had 300 pastors on it, including... Uh, the workers, the captains, and the crew. And it collided one night with another ship. The captain thought he was all right, thing was all right. It was just a small schooner that he collided with. So he thought everything was right. Thought everything was okay. But then they start taking on water. And the ship starts sinking. And start tearing up, busting up. And they were sinking. Northwestern University was just up the head on the shore there. And the alarm was sound that the ship was sinking. And they run around trying to find people to help, help rescue these people that was way offshore. And in the library that night was studying with a man named Edward Spencer. Look him up. True story. Look him up. He had just won the Olympic gold medal in swimming. He, he, in fact, he was on the way of winning many medals in swimming. And they came in the library and he yelled at him, Edward, there's a problem. We got, there's a, a ship that's sinking and people are dying. And he ran to the shore. There's no boats or anything. So what he does, he grabs this long rope and ties it to himself and jumps into the water. Waves just coming down, cold water just coming down. And, and he swims out to him and he grabs somebody and they would pull him back in. He'd get in there and pull that person in. He'd jump in the water and swim back after her again. And, and he grabs somebody and he'd pull him back in. Finally, the last two times he was gone, they said his body was bruised, he was bloody, he had been beaten, and he'd, they begged him, begged him, and begged him not to go back in, but he says, I've got to go again. He'd jump in again. Sixteen times he went into the water. And they pulled him back. Saved 17 people. Last time he pulled two people back at the same time. When he got back to shore, he stood there and he just collapsed. He was totally exhausted. They took him to the hospital. He was there for three days. His brother was there with him. He came to. 
And this is what he said to his brother. Did I fail in doing my best? That's all he kept saying. Did I fail in doing my best? And the brother said, no, you did your best. Well, that weighed on him so much. He couldn't complete his school. He quit school. He never swam again competitively. In fact, it took him 20-some years for he even go back to the spot where that happened. And all he said is all he could remember is, did I fail in doing my best? Did I fail in doing my best? God's asking you this morning, did you fail in doing your best? Did you fail doing your best this morning? Lord, did I fail? You know, one day we'll stand before God who gave his best for you and I. We'll be standing there having only given your second best. Your second best. I was too busy to give more, God. Have you done your full best? Let's stand by our